All right, guys. Hello, and welcome to Don't Tread on America. I am your host, Don Q, and today is Sunday, October. <clears throat> excuse me, October tenth, two thousand and twenty-one. Sorry, my voice sounds a little, little froggy this morning. It's a, uh, it's early Sunday morning. Uh, wanted to get this show recorded. Me and the, me and the missus are going on a little vacation, about to head out of town. But I wanted to get one. Uh, one show downloaded here before we headed out of town just so you have something to listen to on monday morning when you're heading to work and then i'll be back hopefully wednesday evening give you another little uh some more juicy topics uh to get you through the rest of your week um but you know i did do about four shows last week so uh there's plenty of stuff going on that i've been talking about i still have that interview up there from the freedom variant so check that out and um and of course, the uh, one of my biggest downloads this past week was the United We Stand, Divided We Die. That's a two-part series. If you check that out, that's also on YouTube at Don't Tread on America. And um, before we get into the show, uh, also, I wanted to um, remind you of our new website, DontTreadOnAmerica.com. If you check that out, that'll link you to everything, the YouTube uh, and all the social media platforms. Check that out. So, uh, topics of today, what we're going to get into is uh, what's going on with this Texas high school shooter. He's out on $75,000 bail. Why? Also, hyperinflation, guys, if you haven't noticed, uh, is in full effect. And one other story for you today, and of course, you know how I ramble a little bit, so I'm sure that we'll have more to talk about, but of course... Uh, we found out the reasons for Biden's horrible numbers, and we'll get into that. But first, before we get into our stories, we got to talk about our sponsors, the people that helped me bring this show to you guys. And uh, our newest sponsor to the show, of course, is Redcon1.com. I've been telling you guys about them for a couple of weeks now. Uh, supplement company, company, <laughs> supplement company out of Florida. Uh, great place. Uh, I use all their stuff: their protein powders, protein bars. Their pre-workout, Total War is great stuff. Um, it's not your typical Walmart um, pre-workout. It, it actually gets you through a workout. And when I hit the gym, I mean, I don't go in there for 30, 40 minutes. Uh, me and Chris will be in there for a good two, two and a half hours or sometimes longer. And it gets you through the whole workout. I mean, you're not dragging ass. So, And then uh, they have a good post, uh, post-workout. It's called Breach. Uh, helps you recover good creatine you know everything they have there is good stuff clothing so um check them out the link will be on the bottom of the podcast uh whatever app you're listening to this on click the link use the promo code t20 quartermus that'll also be in the link and you get 20 percent off anything you purchase there okay on to the first story of the day uh, we didn't really get into this a whole lot we had the uh, school shooting uh, earlier in the week i, I don't I want to say, actually, I think it was Tuesday, because oddly enough, I was doing the interview with uh, Fred from the Freedom Variant, and we were talking, if you guys haven't listened to that, we were talking about guns and the Second Amendment and stuff like that, and I had mentioned to him, oddly enough, I guess my, uh, my uh, I don't know what the word, my psychic ability started to come through a little bit. Sometimes it, it I have a tendency to do that, but... Um, I had said to him, I said, I'm honestly surprised we haven't seen a school shooting yet this year. And lo and behold, I think that damn same afternoon there was a school shooting in Texas. So it came across the wire <clears throat> about the school shooting. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, you don't know the details. And, and I say this about any time there's any kind of a shooting, whether it's a school shooting or, you know, a Jack Shack shooting in Atlanta or a grocery store shooting in Colorado or whatever the case may be. Before, that's always the story. Oh, shooting, blah, blah, blah. There was a shooting, right? So I always say, what kind of gun was used? That's going to tell the story, okay? So you have situations where, um, uh, you know, the guy, the kid in uh, Parkland, you know, in, in down in South Florida, uh, Cruz, no, uh, I don't remember his first name, but I think his last name was Cruz, uh, so-and-so. Oh, AR-15. Okay, that's going to dominate the story. Okay, the guy pulls a uh, nightclub. Now, it doesn't matter. Initially, it doesn't matter what color they are, or what race or what ethnicity they are. Easy word for me to say, evidently. 
It's about the gun. Okay, the scary black assault weapon. Okay, so uh, it, more recently we had the thing in Atlanta last year. Um, you know, same thing. What kind of gun? Oh, once it's determined, okay, if it's an AR-15, that's going to dominate the news, dominate the the news, the government, the whatever, because they'll talk about that shit for weeks on end. As soon as it's determined that it wasn't the scary AR-15. Then they have to shift the focus. So like in Atlanta, it was what kind of gun was used? Oh, shit, it was a shotgun and a handgun. Well, that's kind of what they're telling you to use. So once it was that, it was, oh, it was Asian hate, right? So anyway, my point being is with this kid, it was the same thing. School shooting, bam, school shooting. That's all you heard, school shooting. So it was, my question was, okay, well, what's this about? What, what kind of gun was it? Well, I guess it was a handgun. Uh, evidently it was a fight between a few kids and the kid, the one kid, I don't know all the names, but the one kid pulls out a gun and shoots the other kid. Now he's, I guess in a coma or whatever and no bubbles, no troubles. So <laughs> here's a story from the local affiliate in Texas, uh, talking about it here. Make sure my volume's down. Tonight, Timothy Simpkins is out on bond a day after police say he perpetrated a school shooting that left a 15-year-old in critical condition. Do you have anything to say? Among the many tragedies unfolding is the fear students are now carrying to class. And there is no reason that a student should uh, bring a, a firearm into a school or feel threatened in that way that they feel like they got to have a weapon. Arlington PD investigating several disturbing videos. The student in the white shirt being beaten is the alleged shooter and the aggressor, the victim in the ICU. Simpkins family says they reported bullying to the school. The decision that he made taking the gun, we're not justifying that. That was not right, but he was trying to protect himself. Do you believe that bullying played a role or could have? I do understand the family's concerns and to the family I want to assure them that we are going to do everything we can to look into why that happened. Today police made another arrest for a young student threatening violence against a different Arlington area school on social media. Parents and police calling for sweeping change in safety and culture. Sam Brock, NBC News. So I'm going to say this about that. Okay, there was two things in that clip that, that stuck out to me. Okay, one was the bullying aspect of the reason why he did what he did. And there was another threat in a different school, and that was social media. Okay, so let's take one before the other. Okay, so they showed a video. Obviously, you guys didn't see it as far as the fight in the school. And they said the kid in the white uh, hoodie was the, the kid that brought the gun to school, and the other one was the one that got shot. Um... Yeah, he was getting his ass beat. Okay, so I get that. I understand, okay, this kid, you know, if you want to follow the story and say, okay, this kid um, was being bullied and he was tired of it and the parents had complained to the school and they weren't doing anything about it, yada, yada, yada. And, the you know, the lady comes on and says, you know, we don't just, we don't say that that's why he should have taken the gun, but he was sick and tired of getting his ass beat, blah, blah, blah. I understand what they're saying, but I'm going to say this about that. If I'm not mistaken, Columbine was two kids that were being bullied and being harassed. The kid in uh, Parkland was a kid that was being bullied and being harassed. There's different situations of these school shootings. I'm not saying all these mass shootings are situations where people are being bullied. Obviously, there's some people that have all these people. All these people have issues. This kid here has an issue. He was getting his ass beat in school. Okay, for whatever reason, those two kids were always fighting and he was being picked on or being bullied or whatever the case may be. But the fact that he couldn't take care of business himself without using a gun or bringing a gun to school, he obviously had an issue, right? So if you want to use bullying as, as, the, um, as the complaint, um, what, is it because the suspect here in the situation was black and... Um, you know, Columbine, the kids were white and they were being, I mean, I don't understand. It's like Columbine was a, was a similar situation. The Parkland shooting was a similar situation. And the fact that the suspects that, that 
perpetrated the offense were being bullied and were being made made fun of in school. And they were sick and tired of it. It's not like these kids went to school and just shot up the school. They had targets. They picked out who they were going to shoot, just like this kid did. You know what I'm saying? So what's the difference? Now, I will say this. I, I don't know this to be fact, necessarily. I'm just basing this off of what I saw. So there's pictures being released about this kid um, from the New York Post where he was, you know, he was released on his bond. And, of course, they had a big welcome home party at the house and um, it was all over Instagram and Snapchat and whatever and oh great you know he's home and yada 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 and I get it if I'm a parent if I'm this kid's parent you know and I feel like he was being bullied and blah 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 I I get it that's your kid but I'm going to say this this kid wasn't from what I can tell from the pictures that I saw on Instagram and the um, him being released from jail and the parents standing in front of their house they don't look like they're hurting for money, okay? I seen in the picture there was Mercedes, there was nice cars, there was, I mean, not that money should have anything to do with it, but at least they didn't use that angle of him being a poor black kid from a poor poor black neighborhood. And maybe that was why he was being bullied. I don't know, maybe his parents have good jobs and, you know, him being a black kid, you know, without trying to, I'm not trying to get into a racial situation because it was a black-on-black situation, but a lot of times, if in the black community, you have situations where there is self, self-racism, self so to speak. I don't know if that's a correct terminology, but you have situations where, you know, that they hate on each other, so to speak, because you have something that I want and I'm jealous of you. <clears throat> and then the kid's being bullied and then he turns to a gun and shoots the kid. I guess my point being here is we're justifying that this kid being bullied was a was a good re- was okay for him to bring a gun essentially and he him being released on bond and then a few day you know a day or so later there's another uh, thing on social media at a different school and they're investigating this okay well that brings me to my other topic social media now we had you know earlier in the week you had the quote unquote whistleblower from Facebook come out and <laughs> I don't know if you guys listen to Bongino or not or but, you know, he's got a good thing on there, and it's true about this whole thing being a trap. And uh, <clears throat> not to get on a whole different tangent of social media, but obviously social media is, you know, trying to, quote, unquote, police themselves to make it look like they're doing something. But we all know that social media is wrecking this country, whether it's Twitter, uh, Facebook, you know, Instagram, I mean, granted, we all use them, like I use them to um, promote this show, okay? And the reason that is, is because it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, for, for lack of a better term, it you can use Twitter basically for free. I mean, granted, you have to have a phone and so on and so forth, but you can use Facebook for free. You can create a Don't Tread on America account on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, basically for free and then you can put stuff out there and you can put tweets and I get it it is useful media but it is very harmful media and we see that and then on top of that you have a situation where these these companies Twitter Facebook all of them determine what you see and what you don't see so if they don't agree with anything that I put on which they do plenty of times I get in trouble, I'll get warned, I'll get kicked off, I'll, you know, whatever the case is for, you know, a day or two or three. Um, you know, I'm finally back on Twitter after damn near a year of being kicked off for something I didn't even fucking do. It was literally a hashtag that got me kicked off of Twitter. <laughs> so, anyway, my point being is, Facebook, you know, social media can, when it comes to your kids, when it comes to your kids, be careful of what if like when my kids were younger and <laughs> not to make myself sound like an old man when I was young. No. But when my kids were younger and they're not terribly old, you know, the mid 20s. So Facebook and Twitter and whatnot was new when they were teenagers. But damn sure that's the only reason I'll be honest with you, that's the only reason I ever got on Facebook or Twitter or and then Snapchat down the road was to monitor 
what they were doing on on Facebook and Twitter. And now, and most of my followers and friends at the time, like when I was first on Facebook, I don't know, 10, 12, however many years ago, I would say the majority of the friends I had on Facebook were my my kids' friends, you know what I'm saying? So I could see what my kids were doing, what their closer friends were doing, what they were posting and stuff. And then, of course, like family members and maybe a few people from work or whatever. But the majority of, of you know, it was just a monitor, you know. And if you're not doing that as a parent, you're wrong. I'm sorry. You know, call me an asshole if you want. I'm, it won't be the first time. And again, damn sure guarantee it won't be the last time someone calls me an asshole. But if you're not monitoring what your kids are doing on, on their social media, you're wrong. If you're paying, you know, 50, 100, you know, whatever dollars a month for that phone bill, you have every right to take that phone, get their passwords, get their social media passwords, get everything. Because I'm telling you right now, these kids are smarter than you, real, than you realize when it comes to social media. And even if you look at their profiles, they can hide shit because obviously, you know, there's instant messaging, there's direct messaging, there's all these other messaging things that you don't even see on their profile. So if you're not looking deeper into their social media, you're wrong as a parent, okay? I'm not saying I was ever a perfect parent, but I damn sure can tell you one thing that my children, I have I have all together, between me and my wife, we have four children. She has two on, you know, from previous marriage, and I have two from my previous marriage. And my two children that are of my blood are 28 and 25, and I have a pretty damn good relationship with them still. So say what you want about me being a parent, and I might have not have been the best parent, and I might have been an asshole to them, and I might have done... Uh, you know, I might have been hard on my kids, but they respect the shit out of me now as adults because of what I did to them and the way I raised them as children. And hopefully now that my son has a baby, he'll use, you know, those same methods and understand that all I only reason I did what I did was be, to raise them to be adults because like it or not, we don't raise kids to be our friends. <laughs> we raise kids to be adults. We only have them for 18 years to make an impact on their life because once they're 18, they have the choice to do whatever in the hell they want. They can fu say, fuck you and never talk to you again and then go about their business or they can continue to come to you for counsel the rest of, your rest of their life, rest of your life. And I... I think I enjoy that more now as a parent than I did when they were little. I mean, I enjoyed going to football games and my, you know, daughter was a cheerleader and then she went into the, to the band and, you know, the flags dancing and all that stuff. And I enjoyed doing that. And then my son played football and played baseball and all that stuff. And I enjoyed all that. But as adults, you enjoy that also because you get to see the work that you did, the, the molding that you did as a parent. And, um, uh, if you're, artistry so to speak you know becomes priceless <laughs> I guess is a good way to put it but I guess what I'm what I'm trying to say is um pay attention to what your kids are doing because like I said once they're 18 and they're out of the house they still have another you know 50 60 70 whatever years of life and it is what they learn in those 18 years from you that gets them down the road, so to speak. And either they're going to be a piece of shit or they're going to be great. Okay? So that's my lecture on how to be a parent. <laughs> All right, on to the next story. And uh, to me, this is um, this is one of the, the the things I've been harping on, guys, now for, for a while. I was just trying to look this up real quick. Um, I don't know that I'm going to be able to do that real quick because, you know, I, I'm not real quick. But <laughs> Okay, so back, let me see, blah, blah, blah. I guess it was back in uh, August we talked about the new Great Depression, okay? So that was, yeah, August 29th. So if you look up that show, uh, I talked about the new Great Depression. 
And in that, I discussed to you guys about the Great Depression as we learned it back in the late 20s, right? And how that occurred. And I'm not going to go into that whole show. You guys can listen to it. Go back and download it. The new Great Depression, I feel, was a good show. Um, and was taking us... I was laying down the path of where we're going and what it looks like where we're going in this country now. And I say this country, but it's really a world... The Our, our economy is a world economy. I mean, we don't see it. We don't, you know, use the euro and the yen and shit like that. But... As the, as the U.S. economy goes, so goes the world, okay? So the things that are happening here are happening everywhere. This isn't an American problem. But uh, we, we, the people, the, the majority of the people that are listening to this are American, so it is our problem. Now, granted, I know we have people in Australia and Belgium and Ireland, England, and, you know, Brazil. I've got, I've got listeners all over the world, and I appreciate everyone that listens to the show. So what I'm saying right now isn't an American problem. Okay, this is a world problem. This is an economic problem. And this is where we're going to delve into the situation of hyperinflation. And, you know, it is in full effect. Okay? And you guys know this. Okay, so <clears throat> not to harp on the, uh, the, <laughs> the, the Freedom Variant interview, but we also discussed preparations. You know, what are you doing to get prepared? Now, in the um, the uh, great uh, the new Great Depression that I talked about is getting prepared. And now, what did I mean by that? You know, I talked about buying gold. I talked about buying silver. I talked about buying food. You know, there's only so much stuff you can buy. I mean, you can you can stock up on gasoline. I mean, realistically, how much gasoline can you buy? How much gasoline can you store store before it you know starts to go bad? Um, so I'm not sitting here go go buy 50 gallon tanks and fill them up with gas. I'm not going to tell you that. Um, and I'm not going to tell you to go out and clear out the grocery store of toilet paper and paper towels and canned food and stuff like that. But you need to go out and buy toilet paper. No. <laughs> but seriously, me and the wife were at the grocery store yesterday, and we've started. We, I've started heeding my own advice. I, I'm going to sit here and tell you guys you need to go do this, that, and the other thing. And here in the meantime, I'm not doing it. And the reason I say that is, okay, it's October. Okay? Thanksgiving is going to be here before long. And Christmas isn't far behind. Okay? Now we're hearing Fauci come out and say, I don't know if we're going to we'll have to see how Christmas goes, blah, blah, blah. Right? Um. He he's saying that, and people are looking at it like, ah, oh, fuck you, Fauci. I'm gonna be with my family. I'm gonna have Thanksgiving. I'm gonna have Christmas. Well, if there's no food for you to do that, or there's no presents for you to do that, then what are you going to do? Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some numbers, and I've got some clips, and I'm I really don't want to go too long with all this, but you know how I am. So here we go. So, what is the current U.S. inflation rate? Okay. So, right now, now this isn't this isn't 100% current because I was really trying to find this. This was back in September. So, it's not terribly, terribly old. Um, everything seems to be always a month behind. So, the inflation rate plays an important role in determining the health of an economy. Countries with, a high, with extremely high inflation rates are said to have hyperinflation. And when this occurs, the economy often is often near collapse. So, in I've talked about this before, and what that means is hyperinflation is essentially like in Germany in nineteen in the twenties, I think twenty two, just after World War One, their money was worth more to them being burnt for heat than it was to actually buy heat. Okay, <laughs> so like, yeah, I don't recall the, the the equations, but like you could have a million Deutschmarks and it might have been worth a dollar in America. So it was literally worth more to them to burn their money because it, it was cheaper to burn the money than it was to go buy what you needed to heat yourself. So um, July through October 19 is a perfect example of a, of a, of a flat economy. So basically, you know, it went from July 1.8 to September 1.7 and fluctuate 1.7, 1.7, 1.8, 1.75, 1.71. So it's basically a flat um, economy. So then it started to rise. 
So in January of 2020, it was up around two and a half percent, which still, you know, was probably more of a of a situation where the tea leaves were starting to, you know, obviously Corona was starting to come around. We didn't really hear much about it. The the, the normal, the regular people didn't hear much about it. But, um, you know, it was creeping, creeping up there. So, um, and then of course it started to skyrocket. Now this year, so, <laughs> so in, in May of 2020, it dropped pretty low. But then it took off just as uh, oddly enough as the election occurred to the point where as of August of this year it's over 5%. So what that means to you is obviously you guys see this and I'm not going to read every single word in this article because you know we could be here for hours and I know we don't want to do that. But as inflation goes up what that means essentially is the the value of the dollar goes down, okay? And as the value of the dollar goes down, prices increase. So we see that everywhere because if you go to the gas station, right? You know, I think it said a year ago, two, I don't remember, the, I think it was a year ago, gas prices were around $2 average, you know, across the country. Now they're upwards of $4 across the country, um, so that's, you know, double, I mean, shit, there's no way to put it from two to four, right? Okay. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the price of goods are going up on top of all of this. Okay. You, you go to the grocery store, you go to Walmart. Hell, I was in Sam's club the other day cause I figured we could buy some, you know, I'm, I'm starting to heed my own, I'm, I'm heeding my own advice. I'm not just spitting the shit out and not doing it myself. So if you guys shop at a Sam's or a Costco or, you know, I think BJ's is another similar, you know, warehouse type situation. But I, I we don't go to, I go to Sam's. Usually I go to Sam's and grab water because it's cheaper than going to Walmart or Publix or whatever. And, uh, you know, because I drink a shit ton of water. And, uh, but I usually just do it online. I'll do it on the app and they bring it out to the car. That way I don't have to worry about walking around the store and dealing with people. But, um, so this was the first time I've been in Sam's in a, in a little while. And so if you ever go into a Sam's or a Costco or whatever, you know, they have all these warehouse racks throughout the whole, uh, the whole, uh, building there. And generally it's slam packed with product to the top of the roof. I mean, literally to the roof. And I'm like, tell my wife, I'm like, Jesus Christ, this place is kind of empty. And she's like, yeah, it's kind of weird. You know, well, it's not so much weird as it is ominous. Okay, so you have a warehouse store that's half empty. Okay, you go to your local grocery store, you go to Walmart, same thing. The shelves aren't packed. I mean, they're not empty, but they're not packed. And that's what I'm telling her. So then you start hearing about rice shortages and, you know, just different situations of stuff that... So then you hear these things, then you go to the grocery store and you say... Um, okay, well, it, is that true? Okay, well, look at the rice isn't full. The canned foods aren't full. The cereal aisle isn't full. <laughs> you know, I'm used to you going to the grocery store and the place is packed, you know, with, with food. So then you'll also notice that stores, like if your local grocery store does... You, you know, like in Florida, if you have a Publix or whatever near you, you go, or even a Winn-Dixie, they have a, what people just shortly call BOGO, right? Buy one, get one free. Well, as the last year or so, you've noticed the buy one, get one free has kind of gone away. It's kind of buy two, get one free. Buy three, get one free. Or it's buy one, get one 50% off or, you know, something like that. Or there's no sales at all because the uh, stores can't afford to put stuff on BOGO because not so much that they can't afford it financially, they can't afford the product uh, consumption, so to speak, you know, because you're literally selling two for one. They can't afford to give product away, I guess, is, is a good way to put it. But... um so you kind of have to go in there and say, 
you can't go into a store and say, oh, okay, we're going to buy canned, canned vegetables today. Oh, shit, nothing's on sale. We'll wait till next week. Well, I'm, t- I'm here to tell you right now that that probably next week isn't going to come as far as that stuff going on sale. You can't wait for this stuff to go on sale because it may never actually go on sale because of the situation where they don't want to... <laughs> Let me put it this way. Grocery stores, Walmart, Publix, Winn-Dixie, I don't know, the grocery stores, Kroger, you know, whatever grocery store you have in your neighborhood. Uh, for lack of a better way to put it, they're out to make money, right? They're a business, okay? And they're not going to put something on sale if you're going to buy it for full price. Why put something that's $2 on sale for a dollar when you're going to pay $2 for it, right? So my point being is don't wait because the longer you wait, the emptier that shelf's going to get. And if you have the money to go out and buy some stuff, you might want to go ahead and start doing that now. If you want to have a Thanksgiving dinner, if you want to have people over for Christmas, and you want to have food on the table for those events, I'm not saying go buy a turkey and buy a ham and stuff now. You could probably wait on that a little bit. But listen to the trends, okay? I guarantee you, sooner or later, you're going to hear about a turkey shortage. You're going to hear about a ham shortage. You're going to... Or the prices are going to be so fucking high, you're not going to be able to afford the turkey. So if you can afford to buy the turkey now, and you have the room to store it, you might want to go ahead and get it. I'm just just throwing that out there, guys. (laughs) Because I'm telling you, the way things are looking... You know, you look at these uh, cargo ships. I want to play a clip here, too. Um... Of course, my when whenever I want to go to a video of Saki, I I always I literally will will um search on Twitter. I just search Peter Ducey. I don't search anything else. Peter Ducey, <laughs> because I know there's going to be a handful of recent videos of him and Saki. But um, let me see if I can find it here real quick. Blah blah blah, blah blah blah. Okay, here it is. Let me let me prep this because you know. I am not a computer genius, and I don't want to blast you guys' ears out, so let me make sure the volume's good. All right, let's see what happens here. Thank you. First on the economy, there are a half a million containers floating off the California coast with no... Half a million container ships. ...where to go. Major issues in the global supply chain right now. The vice president warned that this could happen in August, so why wasn't more done to prepare? For the global supply chain issues? Yeah, she was talking in August about if you want to have your Christmas toys for your children, now might be the time to start buying them because the delays could be many, many months. I I ask that because we've been talking about the issues in the global supply chain since January. And the president has not only put in place a task force, but we have taken a range of steps to work to address. Now, it's not just about uh, ensuring that uh, we are having uh, different companies speak to each other. We've certainly done that. We've been a forum for hosting. Uh, uh, different industry leaders to see what we can uh, what we can reduce in terms of red tape in the process. The Remember the us mean she's lying. One of the biggest issues in the global supply chain is also COVID and the fact that COVID mm-hmm. uh, continues to be uh, a threat to uh, supply chains that are happening globally. So we've also worked to be the by far and away the largest provider of vaccines, know-how, manufacturing capacity to the world. So We've not only been talking about this since January, we've been working to put in place a range of steps to uh, help address the challenges in the supply chain. As we understand- okay, so didn't answer the question. <laughs> Gave a lot of us and us, and of course we had to throw in COVID, we had to throw in vaccines, we had to throw in this. The initial question was, um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but... Um, I believe he said a half a million container ships sitting off the coast. What the fuck does that got to do with COVID, vaccines, uh, task force, or anything else? I'm just curious because my point is she is a fucking liar. No. Well, yeah, she is. But <laughs> the um, I posted a thing on, on our Facebook page, I don't know, a week or so ago. And there's a map. Uh, God bless, I can't remember what it's called. I think it's marinemaps.com. And what it is, is it, it'll literally show you the world map. The whole world. The world. 
and it gives a um, there's a legend. So I don't recall the colors, but it was like green. Green boats are container ships. Purple boats are cruise ships. Blue boats are personal crafts. Red boats were tankers, and yada yada yada. Right. And you look at this map, and it's just littered in green. Okay. And so if you, and I'm not just talking about America, you look at the whole world, you can look at England and Europe and Russia and China and Japan, whatever, South America, Africa. And um, these green cargo ships just litter the map, okay? So then if you zoom in on, like in America, if you zoom in on ports, uh, so if you look at, say, L.A., L.A. and New York, L.A. probably more so is a is a tremendously huge port for um, for the influx of, of goods. Okay, from from China mainly, unfortunately. But um, so anywhere from uh, San Diego north to I would say up to about San Francisco, there's just ports littering that whole coastline of California, where they unload these uh, ships these these big ass container ships and it's the same thing in new york and you know we have them in florida i'm not saying that california is the only place it, to the point where i uh, the santas put out a thing the other day uh telling these shipping companies because i guess one of the biggest problems is in california is obviously with these vaccine mandates like she sits there and talks about vaccines and covid and shit like that well the problem isn't vaccines and covid the problem is mandates okay so in California, you're having a lot of people leave the state because of the the authoritarian regime that's running the state, you know, which you guys obviously had the opportunity to get rid of. But, of course, you had some cucks over there to say, nah, we love it. We love being shoved a fist up our ass and told what to do. It's great. But um, the... Uh, you're, you know, these people that unload these ships. So you, you literally, so if you look at this map, it, it's a, it's a live and current map. So you could see where the, uh, the, uh, cruise ships and the personal crafts and the, um, the tanker ship ships are being offloaded because obviously the cruise ships are going to do their business and personal watercrafts, whatever. And I would assume it's relatively easy to unload tanker trucks of, uh, or tanker, uh, ships of, uh, oil or whatever's on those ships. But those cargo ships takes manpower. You know, you have to dock the boat. Okay, that's shouldn't be that big of a deal, I wouldn't think. But the offloading of however many <laughs> container ships, I don't know if you guys have ever seen one of these things, but there's, you know, thousands of containers on these ships. It's not like it's just a quick thing, you know. It takes a, a crew of people to take to unload one ship, let alone 10, 20, 100, you know, whatever ships. And if you don't have those people, number one, to just offload the ships, but then number two, we have a truck driver shortage for some fucking reason in this country. <laughs> we can't even get people to take the, the, the container. So even if you get a ship you know, offloaded and it's just sitting there on the dock, they don't have the trucks to get it to wherever it needs to go. So it's a combination of things. And you can sit here and blame COVID. You can sit here and blame vaccinations. You can sit here and blame whatever. Ultimately, it's the fact of like I played on, I think it was the last show where I talked about where he talked about United uh, Airlines and the vaccine rates. Oh, they went from 59% to 99% as they mandated vaccines. Well, no, they went from 59 to 99. And I said this on the show is because you fucking fired or you got rid of the people that wouldn't get the vaccination. So, yeah, it's easy. If you have 100 people and you get rid of 40 of them, you're going to be 100 fucking percent. Same thing. If, if these if people don't want to get the shot. They're not going to get the shot, and if they're willing to sacrifice their job and they're willing to move out of a state to do so, then you're screwed. You know, like I said, DeSantis telling these shipping companies, come to Florida, we'll unload your shit. <laughs> you know? Anyway, back to the inflation numbers. That's part of the problem is, so your, your, your dollar's becoming more worthless. Products are becoming more scarce because they're literally sitting on these shipping containers. And God forbid if there's food on these shipping containers... Um, it's going to go bad eventually. I mean, even canned food has an expiration date. And uh, you, uh, <laughs> it, you know, it's just a combination of things. I, I found this, this interesting. I, I don't want to say funny. I almost said funny because it's not, what's going on right now is not funny. But, you know, the current U.S. inflation rate is the highest it's been since when? 
The answer there is 2008. Does anybody know who the president was in 2008? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Obama, the current president. Oh, wait, no, he's not current. Is he? Is he current? Hmm, interesting. So I started looking at stuff because I look at stuff. And it's kind of interesting to um, to note that a lot of times the inflate when the inflation rate rises is when there's a Democratic president. Obviously, the mo- in most recent history, our worst inflation time was during the Carter regime. And uh, let's see if I can look at this real quick. Back then, it was double digits, so it was a uh, ten almost 11%. And then when Ronald Reagan came in, it dropped, you know. Uh, But obviously, the thing that worries me the most of all of this inflation talk, and I I don't want to keep going into numbers because I don't want to bore you guys to death. I'm really just trying to do this to to make a point that as, as inflation rises, your dollar goes down. As your dollar goes down, prices go up. And the funny thing is, is like if people have a, uh, if you have a 401k, if you have, you know, if even if you get, even if it's something I saw too, it was interesting. But so if, if you have a 401k, let's say you have $100,000 in your 401k. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, as in, oddly enough, as inflation goes up, your, your money goes up in, in your, in your 401k, but it's not worth anymore. It's, it's still worth about the same, even though the, on paper it looks better in actuality it's not because the price of goods goes up so it costs more to spend more to you know to buy things uh i think it was um shit who was it charles Payne on um fox said this the other day it was like you know two years ago i could go to the grocery store and spend a hundred dollars and have a full shopping cart you know i go in the grocery store today and spend a hundred dollars i might have three or four bags you know and that's that's telling, and, I, and I'm not, I'm not, I shouldn't, I'm, obviously, this isn't breaking news to you guys, you guys surely go grocery shopping every week, right, so I'm not, I'm, this is news of the obvious, I guess, but the, the scary part about this is this is, it's happening quickly, like, in years past, you obviously, the price of anything today is higher than it was 30 years ago. Right, and I'm forget about COVID and Biden and everything else. I'm just talking about in general. Um, all right, let's 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 just go back two years ago. Two years ago, the price of anything was higher than it was 30 years ago. So this isn't about COVID or Biden or Trump or anyone else. So I'm just saying, in general, obviously things get more expensive over time. We're talking about a gentleman that's only been president for not even nine months, and in that nine months, we've seen things every week not every month or every six months he hasn't even been president long enough to to gauge a trend because your trends are at least 30 days behind you know you <laughs> they released job numbers the other day on friday a week after the end of the month so i mean they're not it's not like they're on top of everything so this guy hasn't even been president to necessarily develop a trend, but his trend in the nine months of being president, we've seen goods go go from just in January to now has tr- dramatically increased. You know, it, and it's it's scary. So on Tuesday, this was this is back in July. So on Tuesday, uh, the BLS, the Bureau of Labor and Statistics, released its. Uh, latest consumer price index so this was the most recent this is how bad it is this is the most recent i could find and this was back in july so i don't know if they do this every six months or what but nonetheless so the bls reported the cpi rose nine percent from may to nearly double what the wall street analysts had predicted leading to a year-over-year cpi increase of over uh, 5.4 percent the highest in 13 years so in just a short period of time it it rose that much Okay, so, and and that's the highest in 13 years. So if you just do quick, simple math, 13 years ago, who was president, right? Obama. And I'm not saying this is an Obama thing and a, a Biden thing and yada, yada, yada. What I'm saying is what 
you're seeing about the 3.5 trillion and the 1.5 trillion and the 5 point they're throwing this fucking money out like it's damn monopoly money and what i look at is and i'll go back to my show the great depression the new great depression the same thing happened in this fucking country in the third in the late 20s okay which ended up causing the crash of the stock market which ended up causing the great depression which ended up causing people being unemployed people standing in bread lines, people standing in soup lines. And unfortunately, it took another great war, world war, to get us out of that. So if you look at the trends of what's happening, we're skull-fucking ourselves with the economy right now. We're, we're, we're going into hyperinflation Slowly, but or I shouldn't say slowly, but surely, because it's not been slowly. It's been quickly, but surely. And in the meantime, I talked about this the other day. You got China over there about to invade Taiwan. And I've heard rumblings about, will this be the next world war? Because this isn't Russia taking Crimea. This isn't uh, Syria. You know, this isn't Iran, Iraq going into Kuwait. This isn't those things. This is Germany annexing Poland. This is Germany going into France. This is, you see what I'm saying? This is different. This is this affects the whole world. China going into Taiwan affects the whole world. China doesn't see it like that because China sees Taiwan as its own. Okay? So China sees it more of a civil situation more so than a world situation. Um, so, is what Biden's doing, I mean, because whether he's doing it or his puppet masters are doing it, he's the president, so whatever. Is, is this all just a setup to a prelude to war? I don't know. I hope not. But, because I think a world war today is different than a world war 80 years ago. You know, we had, you know, I granted in America, we didn't have much dealings in this, in what happened in the world war other than people going off to war. Um, it's not like the, the, you know, the folks that are listening to me in, in England and Europe and over there, obviously, I mean, I would assume I don't have many, you know, 80, 90 year olds listening to the show, but your parents or grandparents obviously felt the effect of World War II, uh, having lived through it, whether they served or just felt the bombs drop. In America, we never really had to deal with that other than, you know, what happened in Hawaii. Um, this time around, I feel it would be different, which is more of another reason to, you know, getting ready. <laughs> when I say get ready, it's it's a culmination of things. It's will there be food in the grocery stores next week, next month, next year? Will there be ammunition to buy? Why do I need ammunition? Well, maybe you need it to protect yourself from from whoever. Is it a foreign thing? Is it a, is it a, is it our own people? I don't know. It never hurts to be prepared. I mean, I've told, you know, when I tell you to go buy food, I don't tell you to go buy fucking, you know, uh asparagus and uh, uh, Vienna sausages. If, if you don't eat <laughs> asparagus and Vienna sausages, don't fucking buy it because you're just literally throwing food away. But if you eat green beans, if you eat corn, if you eat baked beans, if you eat chili, if you eat raviolis, if you eat tuna fish, I'm, I'm giving my shopping list, by the way. <laughs> if you eat those things, buy them, rotate your stock, uh, and eat it. Don't save it. You know, if you if you want to eat it, fucking eat it. You know, because uh, I'm just saying. One uh, one other thing on the economy that I saw, or when I already covered that. I'm sorry. So, um, so the biggest the biggest thing is like uh, my my stepdaughter. Her her uh, husband does a lot of uh, construction working. It's more of a uh, a uh, I can't think of the word they use. The it's like a deco, moderate type thing where he he a lot of woodworking nonetheless. 
And, you know, the stuff he does, he does real good stuff. He does stuff at the house here. And um, if you want to check him out, it's suncoastcovers.com. Uh, but nonetheless, obviously his prices aren't cheap. I mean, he does good hand work. Everything he does is by hand. So it's not like he, he buys stuff and he manufactures everything he does. And it's it's built for your needs. But with the price of lumber, it's it's expensive for him to do what he has to do. So obviously you have to be able to afford to, to want to do it. But nonetheless, you know, the prices of everything are going up. Houses, cars. I mean, shit, you can't even buy a car now hardly because there's hardly any available. And what is available is outrageous. You know, you used to be able to buy a regular vehicle for twenty, thirty thousand dollars and a nice I should say a regular nice vehicle for twenty, thirty thousand dollars. Now you can't even buy a piece of shit for that. <laughs> Used cars are that much. All right. On to another the uh the last thing I got here for you today and I'm gonna let you go. Uh found out why, oddly enough, why Biden's numbers suck so bad. Oh, shit, I did want to play this clip here from the... Uh, let me play this one last clip on the inflation here. This was... Uh, I don't know who this is. Uh, some some lady from someplace, and this was on C-SPAN, so let's play this real quick. You know, and you have said this in the past, that impact from inflation is transitory, that the president will, you know, when asked how he plans to address this, will talk about competition issues, will talk about meat prices. But are there any sort of near-term steps that, you know, the White House is now thinking of taking as you look at this data that is starting to flow in? And is he starting to get, is the president starting to get increasingly concerned, perhaps, that this is now starting to actually eat into people's paychecks? Well, as you picked that wages piece of data, though, I think what's important to note is that uh, the progress that the president talked about this morning uh, is on a range of fronts, which is also important. Uh, we're at a faster projection of economic growth than we were at a year ago, far and away. Uh, the 4.8 percent unemployment rate is down from 6.3 percent. That's why I wanted to play this. Listen to this. In January, unemployment claims are down 60 percent since the president took office. We have we have seen close to five million jobs created since President Biden took office and wages actually went up month to month from last month to the price. That's a fucking lie right there. I'm gonna, let me back that up right here. Since President Biden, 60% since the president took office, we have we have seen close to five million jobs created since President Biden took office, and wages actually went up month to month from last month to the prior month. She's so fucking lying to you guys data. right there. That is that is a pure bold a lie. And then she's talking ago. about cherry picking shit from a year two years ago. She's fucking lying to you. Number one, he hasn't created any fucking jobs number one he hasn't done shit that's been the private sector number two in the last three months he's he if you want to say he's created shit it's only been a million and a half jobs okay he hasn't been fucking president that damn long five million jobs is a fucking lie there's five million less people working right now than there was a year ago okay number one the 4.8 whatever unemployment rate and the 60 uh, percent decrease in unemployment claims it's only the only reason those numbers are what they are is because people aren't qualified for unemployment anymore <laughs> so they don't fucking apply because they aren't qualified now why these people aren't working i couldn't answer that question because i don't see how in the fuck if you're not getting some kind of income you're not working but you know i guess that's a story for another day the fact of the matter is Oh, you can cherry pick data from a year ago, two years ago. Well, yeah, because we have to, because this shit's been going on for a year and a half. We have to cherry pick from two years ago. The point is, or even a year ago, when when things were supposedly at its worst, it wasn't this bad. It hasn't been this bad since January. Why? Because dumbass is in there, and he wants to fucking rule with an iron fist. I just want, That's why I wanted to play that, because I knew I was going to get fired up, and you're welcome. But the 4.8 thing is a lie. <laughs> it's 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 a convenient number to throw out because you can sit there and say, um, oh, um, <clears throat> excuse me, oh, um, oh yeah, it's four point eight. It's down ten percent. No, the fuck, it's down ten percent because people aren't out there fucking applying for unemployment because they don't qualify anymore. They've been unemployed. States have stopped 
paying the extra money there or they've stopped taking the federal uh, uh, money, you know, the extra money. So they can't apply anymore. Anyway, on to the reason why Biden's poll numbers suck. And of course, what are we going to blame? Very tough approval ratings these days. I know you probably like to talk about polls and you might say that they don't mean anything, but um, it's also fair to say the White House, when there are good polls, you, you publicize them. So what do you make of these? Really? See, what I like about this, this is obviously a foreign reporter. I don't know if you understood that, but he's like, you guys don't like to use polls when they go against you, but you like to use them when they work for you. Terrible polls. Uh, are they that he's doing something wrong? Is it just the communication? Or is it he's doing the popular things that have to be done? something else. Sure. Well, look, I would say that this is a really tough time in our country. We're still battling COVID, uh, and a lot of people thought we'd be through it, uh, including us. Uh, And we, because of the rise of the Delta variant, uh, because of the fact that uh, even though it was a vaccine that was approved under a Republican administration, uh, even though uh, we now have full FDA approval, and even though it's widely available across the country, we still have a quarter of the country who have, uh, less than that, uh, 20 percent of the country who have decided not to get vaccinated. No question that's having an impact. Uh, And of course, as the president has said, the buck stops with him. Yeah, buck stops with him. Speaking of bucks, but um, once again, blaming COVID. God forbid it could be because this old fucking man doesn't have a fucking clue as to what he's doing. He's an idiot, and he doesn't he, he doesn't know what he's doing. It's it's so quick to sit there and blame. What's going to happen when COVID's finally gone, or is this we're just going to run with this for the next three years? assuming this guy makes it three years as our president, every little fucking thing he does, COVID, ah, it's COVID. I mean, because it's interesting how right now, getting through the spring into the summer, now we're into fall, where we blame COVID for everything because the southern states, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I would assume, I don't know the vaccination rates per state and per region of the country, country, but I'm going to throw a guess out there that the south, whether it's Florida, Georgia, you know, whatever you want to say, is probably their vaccination rates are probably lower than, say, up north. So it'll be interesting as winter sets in, and I've told you this time and time again, as winter sets in, how will those numbers increase in the north when people are locked in their houses because it's cold as fuck up there, and how the numbers will, are, are, are already decreasing in the south because it's the weather's getting nicer down here. Um, what will be the excuse then? Because, obviously, I would assume the numbers of vaccinated people are higher in the north than they are in the south, mainly because of mandates and threats of losing your job or whatever. And people, unfortunately, bow down to the the authoritarian situation of, well, i got to have a job, so I guess I'm going to have to get a shot. And, uh, you know, that's where where we as Americans need to say, you know, you're not going to do this to me. Uh, thus, the creation of this show, don't tread on America, don't tread on me, don't tread on us. Fuck you, and y'all can kiss my ass. Not you guys. I love you guys because, you know, you're my fans, man, right? Come on, come on. <laughs> anyway, I did have one other thing I wanted to get into, but I'm going to save that for another show. It's nothing nothing earth-shattering. It's just an interesting thing. I said something about uh, bucks, and I wasn't talking about buccaneers. I'm talking about dollars. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. And uh, how Hunter Biden is uh, using the Biden name to his full advantage. But, you know, I'm going to do a little research on that. We'll get into that on the next uh, show. And uh, I just want to give you our last sponsor of the day. Our legendary first sponsor. uh, Least but not last but not least, I should say. That's right. Smoothmyballs.com backslash DTOM. Check them out. 20% off on all uh, razors and razor accessories. Great place. Great company. I, like I said, I actually use the razor. Not necessarily for for that area, but I do use it on my arms and, and, and my uh, my back. And, you know, I got hairy back. Oh, man. Oh, man. Come on, man. Anyway, check them out. And uh, don't forget, we are a brand ambassador for Maker's Mark Bourbon. And uh, last, guys, please go to the website, don'ttreadonamerica.com. Uh, everything that you need to know about the show is there. All the social media profiles are there. If for some reason 
you you are unable to access a uh, website and you can only get on Twitter and or Facebook and or Instagram. On Facebook and Instagram is Don't Tread on America. And on Twitter it is at DTOM underscore 1775. And if you want to check me out on Twitter, it's at PCGC underscore 1775. Guys, check all those platforms out. I put up some goofy shit. I put up some memes. I put up a lot of videos. Uh, you know, Chris sends me TikToks. I throw them up there. Uh, but most importantly, everything about the show's up there. And uh, like I said before, if you guys are listening to this on Apple, please give me a five-star rating. Um, like and share with your friends. I'm on every platform that you can listen to a podcast on. The only exception would be Pandora. So fuck them. But, uh, you know, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, Apple, Google Play, Amazon, everywhere else I'm there. Share, like, tell your friends. And I will talk to you guys uh, hopefully on Wednesday when we get back from vacation. And uh, for that, I'm going to say have a great day. It is October 10th, 2021, and I'll talk to you guys later. Have a great one. <laughs>